You've tuned into a mega church. We are a people hungry to encounter God through worship and His Word, being witnesses to the world around us. We pray this teaching blesses you and trust God will reveal Himself to you in a new way today. And if you need prayer for healing or breakthrough, or to find out more about Omega, head to our website or Facebook page through the links below. We are studying First Peter, chapter 4, verses 12 to 19. I just want to ask, how many of you have read this passage before you came to church today? Anyone? One. Just one person. Thank you. <laughs> See, this is the this is the purpose of t- we have no guess, guessing game. What am I going to preach on this Sunday? There's no guessing game. You know it. If I preach today this one, it will be next week. It will be chapter five. So that is the purpose is that you will engage with the scripture and you will think about it. You will try to understand on your own. And when you come here, the Lord will speak to you more powerfully. See, this is to reiterate what God wants to do. That's the reason why we stick to the scripture and expound it in depth as far as possible so that it will go deep into your spirit, into your soul. And it will be the spiritual food. It will become spiritual food for you. It will encourage you. It will sustain you. It will give you a new direction. It will give you light when you are passing through darkness. This is the purpose. So I encourage you all to read, meditate upon that every Sunday so that you can engage with the scripture in a more deeper way. So chapter 4, verse 12. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. In fact, in some other times it says fiery trials. Fiery trials. Now this may have a direct reference to the times, the context in which he's writing is to the Christians who are undergoing suffering, who are scattered because of suffering. Because they were being troubled, persecuted. They were scattered everywhere. They were going through suffering. And Nero the emperor was blaming for a fire in Rome, particularly the Christians. So all over the kingdom, he, they would capture Christians and put them in prison. And what, particularly what he used to do, he used to paint them with tar, some kind of a thing that can catch on fire, and put them on a stake and alight them and keep them burning like candles to light up his garden. Got it, what he was doing to the Christians? So that is the fiery trial they were going through. And here, Peter writes to those people saying, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful or fiery trial you are suffering. Don't be surprised. So what does it mean? Is Christian exempted from suffering? What does it mean? We are not exempted from suffering. But we don't invite suffering. (laughs) You don't pray, God, I want some more problem. Don't pray. The trouble already we have is enough. You don't need, you can only pray, Lord, deliver me from trouble. But don't say, I want more trouble. No, don't pray like that. Recently, I had a phone call with somebody uh, who wanted prayer for undergoing a brain surgery. And uh, I said, what do you want me to pray? She said, I want to go through this very successfully. I said, what about healing? He said, no, I don't want to be healed. I want to go through surgery. So she asked for it. She got it in less than 24 hours. She said, give me some kind of a disease so that I can uh, stand up and go through the process and tell the world that I have overcome you know, successfully. Don't pray such foolish prayers. I'm, 
<laughs> I'm not a fan of those kind of prayers. You should really pray that you will not go through difficulties. But when you go through difficulties, you need strength, wisdom to go through it. I, very quickly, I want to clarify on this matter. The world, the Christians are divided into two groups. One group is the, um, the, the most popular, uh, the trend of teaching is the prosperity gospel. Prosperity gospel doesn't only deal with money. You put, give money, receive money. You give $1,000, you'll get back $10,000. That's all going on there. A lot of people are preaching on it. We, we don't. I want to clarify, we don't preach that. We are not prosperity gospel people. But what we believe, if you are a child of God, you give responsibly, God will definitely bless you. He will bless you. Why? He's the God who wants to bless. And you, if, you, if you cooperate with him, you partner with him, you can't not expect to be blessed. It's just a general rule. He will bless you. Okay. But apart from the prosperity, they also talk about health and wealth. You remain completely healed. You remain completely uh, well. And you'll be prosperous. There'll be peace. Everything. Good. Who doesn't want all those things? But you have got another camp of people who say, you come to Jesus, your sins will be forgiven, you'll go to heaven. And when you become sick, go to doctor, God has nothing to do for you. <laughs> now, you need to have a balance between both. And the people who are selling health, they sell oil, they sell water, they pray for water, pray for oil, and say, okay, take this water, you sprinkle on your car, you will not have accident, sprinkle on your house, no evil spirit will come, Drink it, when you're sick, you'll be healed. And they're making money out of it. Is that true? Does the water work? It works. Does the oil work? It works. But we should not be making money out of it. I have done it several times. I go to India, take a bottle of water, say, Lord Jesus, sprinkle your precious blood into this water. And pour into the mouth of the person. Open your mouth, pour it. In Jesus' mind, I command you, they will come out. Bang, the person falls down, that spirit is gone. Did the water have power to heal? Yeah. Deliver? Yeah. We have seen it happen again and again and again. People, sometimes we pray on the phone. We say, okay, take a glass of water. Pray over the phone. Now drink it. Be loose, be set free. Done. Holy Spirit is approving it. I tell you, as I'm speaking, I can feel that energy going through me, the holy power of the Holy Spirit. He wants to use it but not commercialize it. Tell somebody, Holy Spirit wants to use water and oil, but not to commercialize it. So you have got a lot of people who are becoming overnight millionaires. They don't know what to do with it. They go buy a jet because they're selling oil and water. <laughs> Omega believes in it, but doesn't commercialize it. That's where we stand. At the same time, we are sympathetic to those who don't believe in healing. I've spoken to quite a few people, very leaders in the church, and when their children become sick, I say, do you want me to pray? He said, no. I said, why? I don't believe God heals. There are people like that. They are foolish. <coughs> Scripture makes provision to be healed. 
At the same time, there is a kind of a suffering that Peter is talking about. What is the kind of suffering he's talking about? Suffering because you become a Christian. Suffering because you live like a Christian. Suffering because you will be opposed when you, you shine like Christ himself. The word Christian means little Christ. When you become a little Christ in your workplace, in the school, in the hospital, and in the surroundings, in your community, people won't like you. They won't like you because they don't want Christ. The same world that crucified Christ will reject Christians. The same world that rejected Jesus Christ will, will crucify Jesus Christ, will crucify Christians as well, will get rid of you. They don't like it. So they were going through fiery ordeals, difficult situations. Do not be surprised as something strange is happening to you. It is common. Why it is common? Jesus speaks about it in John chapter 15, verse 18. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it will love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. That's why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. It's very simple. To be Christian is to be persecuted. If you like those words, then you become a disciple of Christ. If you don't like those words, you'll walk away. It's very simple. Gospel is never a rosy kind of an experience. Come, it's just sing and dance, you know. All the time feel happy and good. You are walking in cloud nine. That's not Christianity. In fact, if you don't experience any difficulty in your workplace because of your faith, you are not being a Christian in your workplace. If no one comes and speaks to you, shut up. What are you talking? That means you are not speaking the gospel through your words. If it is very easy to have a watertight compartment. It's like, you know, um, duck in the water. You throw water on its back, what will happen? Nothing sticks to it. It just falls off. So many times we walk like duck in the water, in the world. We don't allow anything to stick to us. We have, we have no friendship with the world. We, I mean, the world has nothing to do with it. So we need to be very careful how we live in this world. We should be very careful. But if you don't represent Jesus Christ, then the world will accept you. The moment you say, I'm a Christian, I, this is how I speak, they'll say, no, we don't like you. So persecution will come if you are Christians. So verses 13 to 14. Uh, sorry. So to bridge those two groups, those who shun healing, deliverance, they don't believe in it. In fact, many people will be shocked in their life when they come across their children demonized. There was a very famous evangelical leader and a writer of many books. And when his daughter was possessed, he didn't know what to do. He was first time he saw evil face to face in his daughter's face. And he didn't know anything. And he was reading the Bible more intentionally. And when he saw Jesus casting out the evil spirits, he said there is authority that is given to Christians to cast out the demons. So one, one day when the girl was manifesting, he said, your devil come out in Jesus' mighty name. The devil left her. Until then, he was a scholar writing many books, but he didn't know that he, has he had authority to 
cast out evil spirits. So we need to be practical. The gospel has both. But what we should avoid is, avoid this group who say there's no healing. Believe in healing. And those who commercialize it say no to it. And preach the gospel. Stand for the gospel. The middle way. That's the way to live. Verses 13 and 14. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. There are two words in this verse, suffering and glory. Everybody say suffering and glory. They go together. They are like the two sides of the coin. You got head and the tail. So one side is suffering, another side is glory. If you are a Christian, you will suffer. But if you are a Christian, you will receive glory from God for suffering. There are two, you cannot avoid it. I don't like to be glory, I don't like glory, I don't want suffering, you have no such choice. <laughs> if you are a Christian, you will suffer. And God also will glorify you. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. Acts chapter 16, verse 22. The crowd joined the, uh, sorry. Uh, suffering and the glory is the theme I'm talking about. So suffering brings glory also. Example is, take the example of Stephen. What happened to him? They dragged him outside the city and they began to stone him. And then he knelt down and he, he, he submitted his life to Christ. Basically he said, surrender my spirit to your God. And then he died when they were stoning him. But before that, what happened? He said, I see heaven open and the Son of God is standing by the right hand of the Father. And when they heard those words, they covered their ears and then they ran towards him and started stoning him. Because they said, it's blasphemy. You can have only one God. You cannot have Jesus Christ equal to God the Father. Because it is blasphemy. They said he deserves to die. The more, one who was just throwing stone would throw it more harder, more with greater speed and great, uh, to hurt him more. And he died. But then, was there suffering and glory? Yes. His face was shining like the face of an angel. His face was shining like the face of an angel. You know, this is the same picture that you get when you talk about God's glory coming in the Old Testament when Moses was meeting with God in the tent out, outside the camp. He would pitch a tent and that's, the that's where he will go inside to speak to God. How should I lead these two million people? And God will come in glory upon that uh, that tent and you'll go inside and talk to God as a friend to friend. Was there glory? Yes. When you suffer for Christ, not for your foolishness, not for our mistakes, not because we sin, when we suffer for Christ, the glory of God comes upon you. The glory of God comes upon you. That is something that you need to experience, not something that you can just study about it. When you go through it, when you stand for Christ, it is the way, it, that's the way it is. When I became a Christian, the people used to call me, why did you embrace this religion of the downcast? Like in India, I've got a caste system. Christians were in the bottom. Sweepers, people who clear the dead carcasses, you know, they all belong to a lower class, lower class. And the Christians were equated to them. And when I was growing up, my mom used to tell me, don't associate with Christians. 
don't associate with Christians because they are very bottommost people. And when I became a Christian, people asked me, why do you leave? Because I was born into the Brahmin families and upper caste. But I said, I don't care what caste I belong to. I want God. <laughs> I want God. So people would put me down. They think, you have become untouchable now. You are, we cannot touch you. In one home, they would say, come and have a meal. But they would keep a separate plate for me. Because I'm untouchable, because I've become a Christian. And they wanted to show that love to say, we really care for you. At the same time, we don't accept your status as a Christian. I tell you, I have seen it, many, many different things I've experienced in my life. But the point I'm trying to make is, when you suffer for Christ, the glory of God rests upon you. The glory of God rests upon you. It happened to Stephen. And what about Paul's life? In Acts chapter, in Acts chapter, uh, where is that chapter? Yeah, 16. Paul and Silas were thrown into jail because they were preaching Christ. When they were thrown in the jail, what happened? The crowd joined the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received his orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Verse 25. And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. I was just last night thinking about it. You know, imagine Paul and Silas, chains on their hand, chains on their feet. They must be singing. What is the musical instrument? The chains. Bang, bang, bang. He started with Paul must have started it. I wanted to bring some chain to make the noise today, basically. And then Silas joins his hands and beating, and the chains join. And then the other prisoners were there, and they all must be beating to the beat. And they must have joined, though they may not know the words to sing. And the whole jail was reverberating with the noise of the chains. And then what happens? An earthquake came and the chains fell off. The earthquake came and the chains fell off. You praise God in suffering. That's the solution to come out of the suffering. Complaining is not the answer. Complaining is not the answer. Paul and Silas praised God when they were put into the jail. They were beaten with rods and they were, uh, um, their feet were chained, hands were chained, and they were thrown into the dark cell. And the dark cell is not the best place. Your toilet will smell more, more better than the jail in those days. It will be a smell of urine and feces and all kinds of things. Rats will be running around in the jail and they can come and bite and have a nibble at your feet. That's not a place where you can praise God. But Paul and Silas, they praised God in the jail, cell of jail. And then God answered with an earthquake and the chains fell off. So it's a privilege to suffer for Christ. If you suffer for Christ, it's a privilege. Not everybody gets it. Some parts of the world are living in comfort in the West. And think about China. Think about North Korea. Think about many other countries, Russia. Russia is now a little better now. Before it was very hard there as well. And many places like in India, you have suffering if you are a Christian. Many pastors, People will gather like this to worship God. People 
just come inside and then break the things, the furniture, everything, and try to hurt the people, and they run away. Recently, in one place, they tried to do it. The women stood at the door when they saw the people coming. And they engaged the men in dialogue and said, you cannot come in. And they're yelling at them. If you yell, get lost. We are not talking with you. If you want to talk reasonably, talk. And they resisted. These women resisted. And the guys had to retreat. So there is a place to stand up. There is a place to suffer. But to suffer is, when you suffer, it's a privilege. And the glory of God rests upon you. Glory of God rests upon you. And think about when Stephen was being stoned. There was a young man by name Saul. And was standing there. And the people who were throwing stones removed their coat and left at his feet as a witness. So this Saul, when he saw Stephen being stoned, and when Stephen fell on his knees, said, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing, and surrendered his spirit to God. He has seen it all with his eyes. But you know, we study the sower and the seed, we've got four kinds of soil. I tell you, Saul's heart was the hardest. It doesn't belong to the four categories, fifth category, a different category. His heart was so hard. For months and years, he never repented of what he did. Even though he saw Stephen being stoned and he was taking responsibility for these men who were throwing, throwing stones at him to kill him. And when they laid their clothes, he was standing guard and taking care of the clothes and saying, yes, I acknowledge you guys. I am witnesses to you guys stoning that guy. I'm authorizing you to stone him. And he never repented. Until on his way to Damascus, when Christ appeared to him, and he fell down from the ass or donkey on which he was riding. And then he says, Saul, Saul. He hears a voice, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he says, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. When you are going through suffering, it is not you alone who is suffering, but it is Christ suffering with you in the same place at the same time. I read about a pastor who was in jail because he was preaching the gospel. And uh, the, uh, the, uh, the people in the jail, in the, in the, the prison would come, walk into, open the cell gates, and he would dread when the lock is opened. Why? They'll come with a whip and lash him until he bleeds. The whole back is, uh, back is bleeding. And one of those things happened. The guy comes in, beats him back, black and blue, and the whole back was bleeding. And he crouched down on the ground, and he cried to God saying, Jesus, is this what you called me to suffer? And how, when is it going to end? And suddenly his eyes were opened. He saw one more man in the cell. And his back was all beaten. It was bleeding everywhere. He never saw the face. But he knew it was Jesus in the cell with him. It was Jesus in the cell with him. I tell you, the, the invitation to believe in Jesus is not just to be forgiven, but to suffer as well. And this gospel has to be preached as it has to be preached, as it is spoken of in the word. We cannot shield people and say, there's no suffering when you believe in Jesus. When a time comes for you, you must be willing to lay down your life. And the times are coming. These, we are living in the end times. And the times are coming. When we will be challenged, our faith will be challenged. And people will question, why are you Christian? Why are you Christian? Why are you Christian? When Caesar 
was in control of the whole Roman world. People who, he said, you must worship Caesar only. And Caesar is also called Caesar in Greek. So the people who worshipped Caesar were Caesaretos, whatever is the word. And those who worshipped Christ are Christoros. So one man was taken, an old man, 80-year-old man, and the, uh, the, the, the commander says, you just say, away with the heathen, referring to those who don't worship Caesar. Away with the heathen, pagans, meaning referring to those who do not worship Caesar. And I'll let you go. I have respect for your age. So this 80-year-old man looks around, all these Roman people standing around, and he says, away with the pagans. And immediately was cruci he was, he was uh, set on fire and he was killed, whatever, for, he was killed. Do you worship Caesar, the God of this world, or do you worship Jesus Christ, who died for you on the cross? The suffering in this world has a limited capacity to do harm to you. But eternity is what Christ offers. Eternity is what Christ offers. Christ offers eternity with him, no suffering anymore. You suffer only for a short while here. And then you've got happiness, joy, peace, forever and ever and ever without time limit. But if we don't want to suffer for Christ in this world for the little time, we are going to suffer in hell forever and ever and ever. In the book of Revelation, it talks about in one of the churches, it says, hold on. You will suffer for 10 days. Be faithful. The 10 days, I do not know. It's figure of speech. If it's figure of speech, it could be longer than 10 days. If it's literal, it's only 10 days. But the point I'm trying to make is, we have no other choice than to willingly accept suffering. If you are a Christian, a time may come then you don't tell lies and get away from suffering because that is not what is expected of us. You, you will see in the scripture another place where it says, verse 15, if you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. If you, if you suffer... If you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed. You know, this is a very powerful word. Do not be ashamed. If you suffer, you do not be ashamed. When Jesus was arrested and was being tried by the religious authorities at the time, John the Apostle followed into the courtyard where Christ is being tried. And Peter tried to follow, but he did not have influence. So John says, let him go, let him come in. And one servant girl looks at him and says, hmm, I think you are a Galilean, you are a follower of Jesus, you are his disciple. No, 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 I don't know him, he said. I don't know him, he said. And then later on they were warming themselves around some fire and he went and stood there, he wanted to keep himself warm and looked, one other lady said, hmm, you are a disciple? He said, no, no, I am not a disciple. I don't know what you are talking about. You know the story of Peter denying God, the Lord Jesus Christ three times and the rooster crowed two times. 
You know, before it grows two times, you are going to do damage. I have preached on it before, one of the messages. But the point here is, he was ashamed that his master was arrested. When you are ashamed, you will commit something wrong. He was ashamed that his master, who opened the eyes of the blind, who raised the dead, was arrested. The same Jesus, when he went to Nazareth, and he read the scripture, and he said, in your hearing, this is fulfilled today. People said, such gracious words. What beautiful words. Ah, but how does he speak these words? He is one of our, he is one of our, did we not see him grow up in our midst? Did we, don't we know his mother? We don't know his father, his sisters and brothers? And they are offended at him. And then he says, a prophet has no honor in his own hometown except in his own hometown. And then they, they, they said they wanted to kill him. They, they grab him and lead him to the edge of the city, the Nazareth. It is built on a precipice. From there they wanted to throw him down. But he walked out from among them unharmed. He escaped everyone there and no one could stop him when he walked out. Can, could Jesus have walked out from the Garden of Gethsemane if he wanted to? He could. If he had escaped the crowd in Nazareth, he can escape the crowd in the Garden of Gethsemane. But he did not try because he was willing to take the cup and drink it. That the, which the Father has given. And Christ is our model. Christ is our model. When we have to suffer for Christ, we will willingly take it. Just like Jesus said, let me drink this cup. Let, let this cup pass from me. Sorry. Let this cup pass from me. Not my will, but thy will be done. As a Christian, it is our attitude, the same thing. Lord, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but thy will be done. That should be the attitude of suffering. So, if you are ashamed, we are going to deny him. But what about this false guilt? Sometimes you get false guilt. When you suffer, you feel guilty. You shouldn't be feeling guilty at all. But you feel false guilt. When you feel false guilt, what happens is, you are going to go away from God. You are going to go away from God. So that's the reason why we should, we should know that when you have a right attitude to suffering and glory, you will face life in a right way. You will not make the mistake. You will not make the mistake. That's the reason why Paul could say many things which no man has ever said. No Christian minister, no missionary has ever said what Paul has said. Paul said in Philippians 1.29, For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Believing and suffering go hand in hand. Many times we don't preach this gospel. Many Christians don't suffer much because they don't look like Christ at all. So don't attract suffering. If you look like Christ, people will begin to persecute you. They'll begin to say bad things to you. We will be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Verse 13b. And in Matthew chapter 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, Blessed are you, in verse 11, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. This should be our attitude. Rejoice and be glad when persecution comes. Because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This conflict between what belongs to God 
what belongs to the world is there from the beginning of the world. It will continue till the second coming of Christ. And we are part of that. If you belong to Christ, the world will hate you. And in verse 14 it says, Spirit of God and His glory rests on you. When you are persecuted, Spirit of God rests upon you. His glory rests upon you. That's the experience of Stephen. That's the experience of Paul. It's the experience of every Christian martyr. And I tell you, when Stephen was martyred, when Saul was witnessing, though his heart was hard, hard, later on when he became Christian, that blood of Stephen that went into the ground became the seed for raising one more martyr, that is St. Paul. It never goes waste. Your suffering will never go waste. The blood you shed will never go waste. That blood that you drop, that drops from your body when you are persecuted, when you are put to difficulties, when you are put into, thrown into jail, that blood when they were beating you, that when it falls to the ground, becomes a seed to raise other martyrs. It will never go waste. A martyr sowed the seed for another martyr to be raised. When he was waiting, when he struck blind, he was waiting for Ananias to come and pray for him. Those three days, he must have thought about Stephen. How he was witnessing that man being stoned to death. He never thought about it for the rest of the many, 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 many months and years. But when he was struck blind and waiting to be prayed, he must have thought about it. He went into Arabia and he was there for three years, learning, meditating on the scriptures. One thing that made St. Paul was that experience of Stephen being stoned has become the main theology for him. And he said, if that man can suffer for Jesus Christ so much, I will suffer more. I will suffer more. I will suffer more. And he longed to suffer so much. He said uh, to the, the Thessalonians, when he writes the letter, he says, Oh, I want to suffer so that anything that's lacking in the suffering of Christ for the body of Christ, I may fulfill it. I may add on. Can anybody add on to what Christ has suffered for us already on the cross? No one. But he says, if something is lacking in the sufferings of Christ, I want to complete by my own suffering. That's the highest form of commitment. Highest form of commitment you can ever see in the scripture. Philippians 3.10 he says, I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings becoming conformed unto his death. It is very difficult. It's very difficult. But if anyone can reach Paul's stature, then there's going to be much more to experience. The glory of God you want to experience. That is through suffering. Colossians 1.24, now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you and I will fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. How, who, who, can you imagine trying to suffer to make up what is lacking in Christ's suffering? It's just beyond my understanding. I, the more I think about it, the more I am baffled. So if you are suffering as Christians, we should not be Ashamed. Suffering and shame. Shame assumes guilt. When you feel ashamed, that is guilt. This is false guilt. When you specially suffer for Christ, don't feel ashamed. and Don't feel guilty. Because that will drive you down, down, down. It will not make you victorious. I was thinking in the last night and praying. God put three, three words in my mind. First is the word position. 
Second is the word possession. And third is the word power. I didn't make it up. I never sat down to think about it. As I was praying, walking up and down in the night, I said, Lord, I thank you for you have, you have chosen me in Christ Jesus to be seated with him in the heavenly places. That's my position. And when you are seated with him in, the, in, in, in Christ Jesus, then you have all that you can possess. Christ himself you possess. God you possess. All the fullness of God you possess. From that comes power. So you are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. That's your position. Because you're seated with him in the heavenly places, you have all the possession. You possess God himself. And from that will come what? Power. When you pray for sick, they'll be healed. When you pray for the dead, they'll be raised. Because you get power from that. What I preach is different. But when I hear from God, that is entirely different. That makes more sense to me. Even one sentence makes more sense to me than my sitting down and studying the Bible for 10 hours. And God has a different way of teaching. And when Peter has healed one lame man, he was being arrested and questioned several times and then put into jail. And he was put in jail. What happens? People were praying in one house gathered. All the Christians were gathered together and were praying. And God sends, sends an angel into the cell. Chains fall off. And this man was sleeping still. And the angel, get up. Peter, get up. He gets up. And then the door in front of him was locked. It opens. He walks to the gate. Then another gate. That opens. He walks to the gate. Outer iron gate. That it, it opens by itself. He walks out of it. He's out of the jail now. He's walking on the road. He's thinking he's seeing a vision. He's thinking he's seeing a vision. It was not real. But in fact, it was real. He was brought out of the jail. Sometimes God delivers you out of the trouble from the death. Sometimes he doesn't. God is sovereign. We don't meddle with his authority and power. That's not given unto us. James was beheaded before Peter was put into jail. Because it, it pleased a certain group of people, he had arrested Peter and put him in the jail again. James was not rescued by Jesus. He didn't send an angel to rescue him. They cut off his head. He died as a martyr. But Peter, God decided to deliver him. So sometimes deliverance will come. Sometimes it will not come. It doesn't matter. What matters is you have to believe in Jesus Christ who will give you life beyond this world, beyond, this, beyond the grave. Eternal life he's going to give. That's the reason why we need to believe in that Jesus. So do I suffer because of sin or righteousness? That's no good. If you commit, if you, if you steal something and you are suffering for it, it's no good. That's why Peter writes in that, in that says, do not suffer because of those things. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. Who is a meddler? The one who goes and meddles with other people's business. Sometimes you go and meddle with other people's business, you can get into trouble. 
Paul, Peter says, don't do that. Don't meddle with anybody's life. Don't attract suffering that way. But if for the sake of Christ you have to suffer, that is fine. If you are a Christian, do not be ashamed. But praise God that you, are, you bear that name. And now he comes to the final thing. It's time for judgment to begin with the family of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? The judgment begins with the house of God. It's a difficult verse to understand. These verses are very difficult to understand. Verse 17. It's time for judgment to begin with the family of God. What he's trying to say is, when the, when the Christians suffer, like Stephen, or like Paul, or any, any, any person suffers, they are being judged by God that will result in holiness, that will result in purity. If we cannot escape judgment, people who are saved cannot escape from judgment, how much worse it is for the unsaved people? They cannot escape judgment of God at all. Here it is for you to be purified. Here the suffering is for you to be tested, to be purified, to make you holy, to become more like Christ. And when God's judgment falls on the unsaved, that is for eternal judgment, condemnation. So you cannot escape it. That's what Peter is trying to say here. For those who do not obey the gospel of God. It is hard for the righteous to be saved. What will become of the ungodly and the sinner? He's basically uh, quoting from Proverbs 11.31. So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. You have to commit yourself to your faithful creator. The word commit that is used in the NIV, elsewhere it uh, is a different word is used, uh, but it basically is a banking word. That simply means it can be translated as interest. Like you put your money into the bank, deposit your money into the bank so that you will receive it back with interest. So, verse 19, the final thing a believer must do in response to trial is commit himself to God like Stephen did. He fell on his knees and he said, I commit my spirit into your hands. What did Jesus do on the cross? I commit my spirit into your hands. He exactly followed his master. Stephen didn't use any other word. He used the same words like Jesus. The word commit or it can be translated interest is actually a banking term. It means to deposit for safekeeping. You entrust your spirit, your soul to God for safekeeping. You may die because of your being thrown into cell or somebody is you're put on an electric chair or you're being hanged, whatever way you suffer and die. You're entrusting your spirit to Christ who is able to give you life and raise you up when he comes back. So question is, are we willing to entrust our spirit and our soul to God for safekeeping? If we can, then God will raise you up. He will reward you at the right time. So suffering is not without reward. It has got a great reward. It's got a great reward. Shall we pray? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, we worship you, we honor you, Lord. We give you glory, honor, and praise. We thank you for these meditations upon the persecution and the suffering for Christ. I pray right now that you touch our heart. Remove fear of death.
from our hearts. Remove fear of people's rejection. Remove fear of suffering. Oh Lord, when somebody falls down and are hurt, that thing, the feeling goes through our body of fear, of pain, even though it's somebody else falling down. But Lord, we think of suffering for Christ. Same thing can happen. That we can be paralyzed. But I pray right now, remove the fear of death from our hearts. Because the time is coming, that's all the Lord says. A time is coming when we have to suffer for Christ. And when we suffer for Christ, we will be also glorified by Christ. We'll be rewarded by Christ. The point here that we have to understand is, are we willing to entrust our spirit and soul to this Jesus who can give life to us for safekeeping? As we put money in the bank, can we put our spirit and soul into his bank? Lord, I pray right now, touch your children's heart. Everyone here, touch them, touch them, touch them, and let them, O oh God, Father, look into that face of Christ who was crowned with thorns upon his head. And, O oh God, Father, who was, O oh God, was beaten black and blue, whole body was covered with blood, and was Father, and the one whose hands were, uh, nails were pierced through the hands and the feet. And help us to look into your face, and look into your face, and understand the suffering that you have, you have gone through to give life to us. And the only way we can respond to you is to say, Lord, I entrust my spirit to you, like Stephen did. So I pray right now, Spirit of God, give us that heart. In our hearts, help us to say, oh God, here am I. I entrust my spirit to you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I didn't intend to give an altar call, but the Lord says, let my children respond to my love. Do you want to entrust your spirit to Jesus? If you want to do it, just stand where you are. And I want to thank God for you. And I want to commit you for safekeeping in the hands of God. Shakarabhastakurano. Rahasandarastu. Rivasaktaroni. Shakarastakuroni. Rokoborono. Mahashaktare. Rahasandabarana sandarasto. Rikarasabrasakto. Rohoboro Sabaranasto. Rishakabarana Mandaste. Reharabhastakuroni. Shakarabarasto. Rigvasu. Samarasaktakuroni. Rishandabastakuroni. That your expression of your faith. As you all stand on your as you are standing upon your feet, you are able to say to God, Jesus, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your suffering. Thank for your life. And here am I entrusting my life to you. And I thank God. I praise you, Lord Father, for everyone that is standing up on their feet now. Let the spirit of glory and of God rest upon them now. Let your glory come upon them, Lord. Let your glory come upon your children. Let your glory come. 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 Touch your children now. Holy Spirit, you fill them now and prepare them for the future. To the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us at Omega. If you need prayer for healing or breakthrough, or simply to find out more, please head to our website or Facebook page in the links below.